Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the... You know, that's back in style now. I know. I think I like to say that like from covering Xavier games, Zach Hankins is the guy that brought it back. Because okay. here he was there, Hanky McSpanky. There you go. Um, so I'm going to go with that. Um, but hey, we're <laughs> excited here. This is the first stream we've done on Twitter. So hopefully you are checking us out there or on Facebook. Uh, feel free to drop in with any questions. We'll do our best to get to them as long as we see them. Um, I am Tim Daniel, host of the Bench Mob here on the 40 Minutes Basketball Network. Hopefully you guys had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving or having a ton of fun out there tonight. Uh, but we're going to talk about a few different things and kind of get into a bunch of different topics going on in the world. Uh, but first, let me go ahead and introduce our panel, bring them in here to the show so you guys can see their lovely faces. So as you see first, my man, Mr. Ben Brown, my brother, my man, 100 grand. How are you, sir? Man, I am wonderful. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, uh, enjoyed friends and family. Uh, but it is nice to be back talking NBA hoops. Uh, we had a lot of things go down while we were on this little holiday extravaganza. So I'm looking forward to uh, some good NBA conversation. Absolutely. And I would introduce this guy, but for those who are just tuning in for the first time, Ben introduces this guy. Yes, man. My man, my brother, my ace buku, my number one, Joshua Odellis, Forellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? What's going on, man? What's go? What's good? NBA is it, starting to heat up. You know, we we finally got some um, some some good content to talk about. The season's about well, we I guess a quarter of the way over. So uh, let's dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, so, like I said, uh, this is the first time we've done this stream here on Twitter for you all. Uh, just kind of testing it out, see how we like it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it, and we'll keep bringing it back for you if you do. Um, if not, that's all right as well. Uh, but we're here to kind of jump along. So I want to start the show, guys, kind of talking about uh, some of the stuff that went down this past week. Uh, my wife and I and a couple of our friends attended my wife's first ever NBA, uh, NBA uh, broadcast, I mean game. Oh, oh, oh this that's our first game? First game ever. Whoa. There you go, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was what a awesome. Ga- what a game, too. Yeah, uh, we kind of went the wrong way at one point uh, when we were driving up there, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get to that another time. Um, <laughs> and so it was my first time ever. You know, in the state of Indiana, you can legally bet. You're allowed to literally go in there and gamble. And so I was like, you know what? But you have to cash out in Indy. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the only other. That's the only other exception. So um, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm here. Let's give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go in there, and my friend and I that are splitting the bet. We're looking at our phones. It's like as I get across over and I go, okay. So the Pacers are six and a half point favorites. And I was like, and LeBron's over under is 24 and a half points. 
So I'm thinking, I'm going, you know what? They just lost the other night to the Knicks. I was like, LeBron was out that game. He was suspended. He's going to want to do something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, give me the spread for the Lakers. Give me the money line. And I'll take the over on the points. We put 25 bucks in. We're like, you know, we lose 25 bucks. You lose 25 bucks. And so, you know, they're down 10 with like five minutes to go in the third quarter. And I'm like, well, all right. I lost my money, you know, whatever. But he had like 20 points at that point. So I was like, at least I'll get one of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, cool. Perfect. So we kind of go, we, we go in there. And then obviously they start coming back. And it's like, they take the lead. Chris Duarte hits that insane shot to go to overtime. And I'm like, oh my God, you're killing me. Mm-hmm. And like LeBron had to hit a, hit a couple free throws to kind of get the point total. So as the game starts winding down, he has those two big threes at the end where he gets fined for the Sam Cassell stuff with the, uh, <laughs> yeah, with the, gets, grab, the grabbing of his um, nether region. Yes. Yeah. And so I leave there and I'm like, cool. Awesome. We won some money. And as I'm like walking back to the car, I'm like, I have to cash out for I get out of Indiana. So I am clearly cashing out on my phone as we are leaving. <laughs> so I was like, Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. It was a really great experience. Um, for my wife, she had no, she you know she'd been watching games with me. She's not the biggest person in the sports by any means. Um, but obviously the story that came out of that is not, you know, my personal experience, although it was fun. Uh, really, it's obviously uh, some courtside fans going a little too far. Um, there's been different conversations and discussions about this. And it seems like the thing that kind of happened in the biggest conversation about why those, that group of people were kicked out. And this is all allegedly. This is all what's kind of you're seeing on social media from people on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, and places like that. That they were heckling the whole game, just kind of, you know, being fans, talking mess, going back and forth with Westbrook through the game. And then allegedly told LeBron that they hoped his son, Bronny, died in a car accident. Look, we're all all fans of of basketball. We're all fans of players. We're all fans of teams. There's a lot of people that don't like LeBron James. There's a lot of people that don't like, you know, XYZ player. Get it. Totally understand it. Respect it. But obviously, and you guys can speak to this way more than I can. As a parent, there's a line you don't cross. Mm-hmm. and um, that's just a little too far, especially not to mention Bronny was really good friends with Terrence Clark and Brandon Boston, who was in the who was in this, that same accident with Terrence Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a place you don't go. Right. Um, so at what point could we kind of have this conversation? Because we've had this quite a bit now. If you remember Russ and OKC, uh, with, when he was with OKC, had that thing in Utah a few years back. And, like, you know, first off, you spend a lot of money to sit courtside. Absolutely. A lot of money that's not worth risk, you know, like that you're missing out on. Um, so for you guys, you know, first curious, kind of your thoughts as parents, kind of how you would react to that. And really just kind of your response overall to kind of like hearing those reports of what actually what was said, if that was actually was said. Again, everything's allegedly, please don't mm-hmm. sue us. We don't have any money. I'm, right. sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Ben and I are on the same page with this. Um, you know, I've been on the field for a lot of football games. Um, I've, I've, I've sat really close to some benches for some basketball games and this is how I see it. I know I know LeBron has this perceived notion of he's he's sort of a, a whiner, a crybaby. You know, he lets people get into his head. And I and I'm like this. I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, you can say and call and whatever you want to say to me um as the basketball player. You can call me names, you could tell me how much I suck, you can whatever you want to do, but when you make it personal and you bring family into it and then you 
allegedly wished something onto a family member. It doesn't even matter if it's his son. It just happened to be his son. And I said, wife, kid, mother, father. Like, I, I think as a fan, like, that's where you draw the line. Um, and, and action needs to be taken at, at, at that point. Um, just for the simple fact, man, like, I, I, I know this is good. Like, what if coincidentally someone says that to you that night and then all of a sudden you get a phone call, right? That, that something happened to your son in a car accident. And, and that's something that somebody, you know, hurled at you um, on the court. I think it's the same thing as someone, you know, throwing any type of like racially motivated slur at you. Like there's just certain lines that you don't cross when it comes to trash talking. And I think bringing family involved to it and wishing something ill on somebody is definitely not one of them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think that social media have made a lot of tough guys and tough girls out of a lot of these people because they can hide behind the keyboard. Um, so when people get into actual real life situations, they feel like they can do and say uh, whatever they want. Now, to an extent, and, and you know, LeBron James has been a, a not just a professional athlete, but he's been a star since his freshman year of high school. So he's probably heard probably every insult in the book that you could throw at him. You suck. You're a bum. You're a crybaby. You're this, you're that, you're that or whatever. Um, and, and I would say probably 99.9% .9 of the time, it's like water off a duck's back because he's LeBron. He's heard it all. Um, but once you start to cross those lines, just like the fan uh, with Russell Westbrook, and OKC, like he was, he was, he was attacking Russ, but like, who who gives you the authority or the gall to stand up and shoot double birds and yell and and scream like "f you"? This like 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 when have you when have you when does that like like where do you get the right to do that? Like I get it, you're paying for for your seats, and as a fan, you are a fan, but like. When you say something derogatory about somebody's family or you stand up and you're shooting double birds and screaming F you or you're doing whatever, like at some point, you know, the heckling ends and the attack begins like you can't I don't care how much you paid for those tickets or how much you feel like you have the right to say what you want to say. You start to attack me personally as far as like my family um, you know, wishing my child to be like dead, like, like, especially in times like this, when anything can happen to your, to your, to your family, to your children. I mean, you're talking to a guy in LeBron that's, you know, had friends die, had Bronny's had friends die. This guy's had racial epithets spray painted on his garage door. Like, like, it's not like this is something new, but like people forget that they are human. Like, they get on the court, they do superhuman things, but they forget. Like they still go home to a family. They still go home to kids and a wife. And you know, when you start to attack that, like that's that's sacred. And that's from like a personal, from a personal standpoint, like at the end of the day, like what did LeBron really do to you? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like what did Russell Westbrook do to you? Right. Like uh, he he missed a free throw. I yeah. Mean, cost you a little money in Vegas. I, <laughs> I mean, Grant. I mean, like honestly, like. Like, grand scheme of it, like, do you really hate LeBron James that much? A guy that you've probably 
never in your life had sat down and had a conversation with or know personally, like that you would allegedly wish that his kid would die. Like you know, like, like you know him that well. Have you ever had a conversation with LeBron? Have you ever spoke to LeBron? You know, like for you to hate somebody that much that you one don't know, or two that that you've never had a conversation with, like that's just to me like and I. And granted, I've been a sports fan my whole life. I, there have been plenty of times I've been pissed off about, like, oh, this past weekend, oh, I'm an Ohio State fan. Michigan lost. Or Michigan won. Ohio State lost. Like, I'm not going to wish the Michigan quarterback would die. Like, no. Like, it's sports. Like, it is what it is. Like, my team lost. They won. Like, it is what it is. Like, I would never think that I could cross that line and be like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that I wish the running back, the guy that scored five touchdowns would break his leg. And I'm like, no, like it's sports. I don't know that kid. C- congrats to that young man. I'm glad he had the success he did. Like it's sports. It is what it is. Like, I don't understand where people cross that line and lose their reality to where they think that it's okay to do what, do what they are doing to athletes. Like it's nuts to me. I think I saw that the courtside seats or the floor tickets for that game was going for a little bit under a thousand dollars. Um, I paid 75 a piece to sit in the rafters. Right. Yeah. My, it's almost like these people feel like I paid this for this ticket. Like I'm paying your salary. Like basically like I can say and do whatever because I am paying for you to be on this court to play. And we're like, no, that's not how that works. No, Mm -mm. I agree with you, Josh. Like, yeah, I think people lose their reality on like understanding where, fandom ends and humanity begins like like at some point you just go like hey man in the grand scheme of all this it's just a sport it's basketball whether you like lebron or you hate lebron or you think he's a crybaby or or whatever the case may be like this is still just sports and you know what's crazy is i'd i bet you 99% of the time when these things happen in all honesty like the people aren't really true fans of the sport like I'm, I'm, I'm going on the perception of how I see these people, like the two that got kicked out of the Pacers games. Like, I did not feel that either one of them were Pacer fans. Like, they just happened to right. get <laughs> seats that, that were right. sitting court time. You're saying that we're like, wearing, right. their L, wearing their LL Bean vest. And, right, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Their flannel shirt. And they were yeah, like, they just, were cool. Yeah. We got some front row tickets. Like, let's heckle LeBron. Like, yeah. we ain't even he Pacer got, fans. Like, my work gave these to me. Yeah, he, I was going to say, yeah, he got t- he got tickets from his dad's boss. They're like, hey, we're not right. using them. Go ahead and go. You know what I mean? Check it out. Check it like, out, at least, sport. At least wear a Pacers hat or something. Like, it's right. to be a fan. Like, they just was in there. Yep. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've talked about this quite a few times. Like, the Pacers fan base is incredible. They are oh, yeah. awesome. Absolutely. I love going to games up there, even if I'm rooting against them, whether it's one of my teams there. Like, I absolutely love – like hearing them and I love how much they're into the game and I love mm-hmm. like just like their energy and it's awesome. It's just so mm-hmm. fun to be at and like the whole build up to the game is cool. Like yeah. just how they are, just how the Pacers like like their little their logo says we grew we grow basketball here, you know? Like this Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst part was as those people were leaving, the lady did the whole like Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like come on man. Like I mean right. you see what shirt I'm wearing today and and um, I mean, obviously, if anybody saw what happened to the football team, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm still here the next day, rocking. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm wearing. You know what I'm saying? 
wearing my bull yeah. sweatshirt. The Heat beat him last night. I'm not like. I, I, I mean, hope, I hope Jimmy Butler gave up when we lost traffic. Right. We should have we gave up when we lost to the Rockets. <laughs> hey, came back and beat the Magic, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad we talked about that. I just probably figure it's a hot commodity right now. So I wanted to get yeah. to it. But let's kind of get real quick. I want to talk about um, some, some good stuff. I guess some good stuff, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's um, the Phoenix Suns, who we've mentioned this a couple of times now the past few weeks, are obviously balling. Um, and have won what seventeen in a row, mm-hmm. but it feels like they're not talked about at all. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing we're kind of talking. We're discussing. Like, obviously, look, I'll be on here with you guys any day of the week and talk about Steph Curry. You know this. I love absolutely it. It's awesome. Sixteen in a row. Forgive me, but it's not just the fact they've won sixteen in a row. It's who they've beaten that run. Obviously, you know, you've got some games here and there, but I mean, just go like the other night. Uh, they beat Brooklyn. Uh, they beat they beat Cleveland. You know, they beat they beat Denver. They beat the brakes off Denver. Um, not, not only did they beat Brooklyn, they were up on Brooklyn by 18 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was like this. Like they were they were dragging Brooklyn in that game. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I, I really, you know, it's definitely something to appreciate there. But it almost feels like this might be. Because I know we're at the point, you know, it's so early in the year. I mean, we're just going to be in December this week. And I'm all for, like I said, I'm having a blast with the Warriors. They've looked tremendous. Uh, we've talked about the East all year as Brooklyn, Miami, Washington, Milwaukee, Chicago, you know, all those teams. But are we kind of feeling like, I feel like we're at the point where the Phoenix Suns are not being discussed at all and really should be an NBA title contender. Um, I, You know what? I would agree with you on that. And I know that we had talked about this a little bit before we started. Um, here's the thing with the Suns is that, they started off one and three, so then people for like, and the and the Warriors started off so hot. I think the anticipation of how war, good the Warriors could be, on top of other like the Lakers hype, like all that stuff gets caught up in it, and then before you know it, the Suns have been played incredibly well through the month of November. They've won every game in the month of November, and they've won sixteen straight. And and I and like we were talking about before, like I think they've been kind of, kind of, I don't know. If, I don't want to say forgotten. They haven't been forgotten, but I want to say that they've been glossed over because Steph Curry and the Warriors have played so well. And it's not, I mean, of course that's not fair to the Suns. Cause I mean, they 16 games in a row is, is an incredible feat, but like we were talking about sports centers, like, Hey, the Suns won 16 in a row. Anyway, Steph hit seven threes. You're like, that's that's great. Like like we we love Steph Curry. We love the Warriors. We love you know the Bulls played well. Like like we've had different teams do different things, but like the Suns being glossed over, I think is a is a part of how well Steph Curry has played and how well the Suns have played because everybody is just waiting in anticipation to get Clay back. Everybody's waiting in anticipation for them to get full strength, and they're and and they see the Suns. But they don't see the Suns, if that makes sense. So, like, it's sure, you know, I I think it's been the Steph Curry and the Golden State Warrior effect. That's kind of where you've kind of lost the Suns in the shadows. But man, that team is so good. They are so good, and, and you know, they got six guys that average double figures. You got Javale McGee coming off the bench. You got Jay. You got Crowd Jay Crowder coming off the bench. You got campaign coming off the bench. I mean, they've they've got a deep bench. They got Landry Shamit that they brought in. 
come off the bench. They are so deep and they are so talented that, uh, you know, if you're not paying attention to the Suns, like you, you need to start to. I mean, they've won 16 games in a row, but they need, if you're not on your radar as being one of the better teams, then man, you you better get on the on the boat now because they are they're a squad. Yeah, last year I think last year we saw when um, was a Sarge got hurt, like they were struggling as far as like their depth in the finals, and I think it hurt them a little bit. And they went and they added some pieces on their bench that made them deep. Like you said, they got Shamit and they got um, Javale McGee, and uh, he filled in really nicely when Aiton was out. Um, him and Frank the Tank, you know, he, mm-hmm. Frank the Tank was in there balling. Um, he just got hurt, but you know, they're, they're now going nine and 10 players deep. Um, and, and I think they got, I think I was looking, they got like, uh, 10 or 11 guys that are averaging almost 20 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. So, um, when you can play that many bodies and and I know we talked about this in the very, very beginning, um, you know, you got a guy in Cameron Payne, you know, who spells Chris Paul, um, Peyton, um, who can spell Chris Paul. And I talked to, to Tim, you know, we talked about uh, managing Chris Paul's minutes throughout the season. So he was healthy come playoff time. And I feel like they've done a pretty good job with that. Um, making sure that they pull him when they don't need him, you know, they spell him when they can spell him and he's not out there risking injury. So as long as they keep him healthy and everybody else stays healthy along with him, I mean, they're, I don't know, I guess Tuesday night we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to see who the best in the West is. Yeah, and I, you bring up a good point, Josh, because I'm looking at their minutes here. Like, Booker only averages 33 minutes a game. Aiton's only averaging 30. Chris Paul's only averaging 32. The guy who plays the most minutes for them is Bridges at 34 minutes. Like, they're getting their quality guys, quality rest in, a, in these games, and their bench is playing really well. So when you have that kind of mixture – where you can when you can sit a Devin Booker for 12, you know, for 12 minutes, 13 minutes, 14 minutes, 15 minutes in a game. I mean, like that's that's I mean, that's a beneficial when you don't have to worry about playing him 38, 39 minutes in a regular season contest. Like that that's huge. That pays huge dividends, especially when it comes like you said, when it comes to play when we get around to the playoff time. I think the other thing too here is um, is Monty. I just think oh, Monty yeah. is just showing how good of a coach he really is. I mean, obviously they got took into the finals last year, and I know a lot of people kind of are like, well, you know, if the Lakers are healthy, and maybe that's the case. But at the end of the day, the record book says the Phoenix Suns won the West. That's mm-hmm. all you can do about it. Absolutely. Um, and so I think like when you look at that, the guys they brought in, um, you know, you guys just had that full thing where you mentioned that roster, and barely talked about DeAndre Ayton. And he's yeah. played well. He's played really well. Um, so, you know, it just kind of shows you, like, this is a, this is so well done. Um, James Jones and Monty Williams have done such a great job in this roster together. They've had controversy. They've had to fight through with all the, the stuff coming out about Robert Sarver. And they're mm-hmm. still doing this with this black cloud over them. They're still making things happen. They're still playing so well. But, yeah, I mean, we can take that from here, Josh. You mentioned Tuesday night we're going to get an idea of who could potentially be the best in the West. Not that I judge anyone on who's the best after one game but tuesday night is probably the biggest game in the regular season so far when you have the suns taking their 16 game win streak and and, and to the game 
You've got Steph Curry and the Philadelphia, I mean, the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to say the Philadelphia Warriors. Boy. <laughs> Will Chamberlain suiting up, guys. Will Chamberlain. Must, must, must be those uniforms they keep wearing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Steph and the Warriors, who are the one seed, are bringing that, bringing their, their top seed into, into Phoenix for that game. And we're going to see these two teams go head-to-head. Um, I haven't seen the spread yet. I don't know if the spread's even out, but I will definitely be curious about it. But this is going to be a really fun matchup for the sake of Obviously, Curry Paul is always fun. We, you know, it's always a blast. Um, Mikhail Bridges versus Andrew Wiggins is going to be a lot of fun. Um, just seeing how those guys have really stepped their game up. We've talked, we talked last week a little bit, just how much Wiggins has stepped up and played well for them. And, you know, like Kevon Looney, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, I know Looney probably shouldn't be an NBA starter. He's obviously there till James Wiseman gets back and he'll still play a lot of minutes. But, you know, when they throw. He does so many good things for them on the floor, right. man. Yeah. And then that, that's the other thing is both teams bench are so deep. Like they both have so many guys they can play. Like this game, this matchup is one that I'm very much looking forward to staying up on Tuesday night and watching. It's going to be a blast. If you were to ask me right now on paper, I think that Phoenix is probably the I more talented team. Um, But I think the way Golden State plays allows them to be in any basketball game. So, hey, hey, knock, knock, knock. Guess who just went down to the G League to get started on coming back? Wiseman, Clay, Clay Thompson. Both of them. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, my prediction's coming true. Them Warriors, <laughs> hey, them Warriors boy. I'm telling you. Hey, Warriors. I'm telling you. No, I, I am, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, Like, I mean, uh, Tim, you bring up a good point. You can't, you can't get too hyped up about a matchup in December, but man, like, why not? But this is going to be, this is going to be a great, this is going to be a great, great game. It's going to be fun. And I mean, shoot, the Warriors have won what? 15 of the last 16. Something like that. Something crazy or 16 of the last 17 or something. Like, so it's, I mean, this is going to, it's going to be fun. It's going to be both teams. (laughs) Both, both teams are on pace to win like 70 games right now. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's going to be crazy. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm stoked. I, it's going to be a blast. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Josh. I think on paper, I lean the Warriors. I mean, I lean the Suns as far as more talent, but the way Steve Kerr has them working, um, you know, the best thing about Phoenix compared to every other team that has Steph Curry is they don't have to play a box in one. Like they can just like go out there and like we throw our guys out, you throw your guys out, we see what happens. Um, now would I be shocked if they threw that? No, it was like, um, I think like there was a part of the Pacers game they were playing a triangle in two, and I was like, I was like, I don't know if I've seen that fairly often in an NBA game, but I'll take it, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah. but you you bring up a good point too, Tim. Like Monty Williams and the job he's done, like uh, to, to see how far he's brought that franchise. Him and uh, James Jones, man, like it's it's incredible. They've done a they've done an incredible job. It, it's been so cool to watch that and and how he's not only just not only has he brought them just wins, but he's built their culture, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I think totally about agree. the two coaches. Think about the two coaches in this game too. Yeah, it's gonna be a chess match. I mean, they're mm-hmm. both gonna have different things they can throw at each other. It'll be fun. You know, I pitched this. Um, to somebody a while back and I know it's not part of the segment. I'd like to hear your guys thoughts on this because I've always said as a sports fan, 
in the championship game, I want the two best teams playing. And the way every sports league is set up, you have a conference champ and a conference champ that end up playing each other in the championship. Correct? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter where. What if... What except if for the somewhere... WNBA. Oh, yeah. Okay, except for the WNBA. What if somewhere down the line, like professional sports got rid of the conferences, right? And the two best teams play in the championship. You go to a 1 through 16 format, you know, teams get seated and you play and the and the two teams that make it out of the of the bracket end up playing each other. So it could be Suns versus the Warriors in the finals. Um or it could be Brooklyn versus Philly for all I know. Yeah. Um I've always wondered if that could be a possibility because how many years was it you know, when Golden State was playing, it was like Houston and Golden State in the Western Conference Final, where here's the finals right here. And yeah. you, then the Golden State gets to the finals and they sweep Cleveland. And you're like, nobody wants to really see that in the finals. Like, they want to see a good, hard-fought series. And sometimes the only way to get that is to be able to have the two best teams play each other. Well, yeah, you know that. The Bulls Pacers, that was, they were the two best teams in the league. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Well, you, you know that's how they do the uh, Kentucky State Football Championship or the tournament now. Like, like they they re rank the teams and how they play every every uh, week. So like yeah, yeah I saw you, that. Like it's pretty like it's pretty cool how they do it. So they do it off of their off their ratings. So like when it broke down, like it could have been you know team A versus team B, but based on their rankings, they flopped them around. So the two best teams didn't play each other. They had to go play in another bracket. Another. I actually noticed round, that with round. male in six A. When yes. they were playing in their bracket, they got moved to play another they got, team. They got moved to play another team so that they wouldn't bump heads with, I think it's South Warren, I think it is, maybe, is, is the other. So they no, South Warren's 5A. Teams. But, yeah, but they want the two best teams to end up in the final, so they move Which it is around. Mayo versus St. X. Correct. <laughs> right. So, Saint, like, so, like, I think Mayo was supposed to meet up with St. X or somebody, but they move them so that way they don't meet until the finals. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think the only thing that definitely really restricts that, because I don't think it's a terrible plan by any means. I mean, obviously, we want to see the best two teams go at it. Um, I think this just kind of comes back to the travel thing. Like, yeah. you know, if the Knicks and the if the Knicks and the Kings, which you know, LOL, the Kings, ever ended up playing in the playing in a playoff series, <laughs> like that's pretty brutal for travel for both teams. Yeah, um, but. I'm not against it if they can figure out a right way to do it. I think, you know, it, it, it feels a lot like March Madness, which obviously yeah. March Madness, everyone loves that anything can happen kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think if they can make it work, I'm down for it. Just imagine, just imagine, you know, I mean, last year I felt like we got a good finals. It was a decent finals. Um, every game was close. Every game came down to the wire. I felt like either team could have won. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, but I just go back to that. The, I think what really started me thinking me that was when, and it's not a knock against LeBron, like his, like Cleveland that year that they played Golden State when they had Kevin Durant, like I almost didn't want to watch it. Like I almost was like I already knew what was going to happen before it happened. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I don't think it's a terrible idea. if they, you know. But like I said, if they can figure out a good way to do it for the sake of travel – because the last thing we freaking need is like, you know, the someone like you know the Bulls go play the Nuggets and Jamar DeRozan's jet lagged and then the playoffs suck. Like, right, yeah. yeah. Or maybe maybe it doesn't happen until 
like maybe they do something similar to what you just said, Ben, and like how they do Kentucky football. Uh, maybe after the first round, they rearrange stuff, or after the semis, they rearrange stuff so yeah. that we get it. to like the third, yeah, second round, the third round. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine for it, man. Uh, but I, you know, I'll, I want to see how they pitch it, and then I'll kind of see how, how judge it from there. Um, want to give a quick shout out, Jordan Nevels gave us a nice shout out on the Facebook, gave us a nice, great work, and God bless. Thanks, Jordan. What's up, Jordan? Thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate you, Jay Nevs. Yeah. So let's Adam talk Sandler, real quick. Adam Silver, are you listening? I almost said Adam Sandler. (laughs) You you did say Adam Sandler. (laughs) All right, let's do it real quick, guys. Our segment every week that we like to do, we give some shout outs to the guys that aren't there for the tip. This is our bench mob, bench gods, where we give love to the role players doing their thing in the NBA. Uh, And I'll go ahead and get us started this week, guys, because I want to talk about there's a guy as part of a team right now. They are killing it. They obviously have a very famous point guard. Um, they are in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference, which all we know we've talked all year between the, our, us and the Shot College crew, just how tough the Eastern Conference has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and this squad has been there. I know they just lost to the Rockets last night, but I want to talk about this guy who's found a role for them, and that is the Charlotte Hornets' own Kelly Oubre Jr. Okay. Last night, obviously dropped twenty three. Has had a really had a really solid week. On the year, is averaging just under 15 points a game coming off the bench. He's been their first option. He's really been their sixth man. Um, this isn't a team that's super deep. Um, you know, they're kind of sending guys back and forth between Greensboro and Charlotte as far as their younger players, which I love. Give guys minutes, give them a chance to play. Um, James Booknight, we've talked quite a bit. He hasn't had him a whole lot of action, but they've been sending him to Greensboro. And I'm cool with that. I think, you know, this is a team that's in the playoff hunt. They want to kind of build their guys. But um, Kelly Oubre to go along with LaMelo. Rozier, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. That's a really solid six right there. Mm-hmm. So uh Kelly Oubre Jr., my man. It's great to see you doing well. You are my bench god this week. Absolutely. I, I like that. I like that one. Uh my bench god is uh one of the guys come off the bench for the team we just spoke about, the Phoenix Suns. Uh this guy, he's it, it was funny how his career started because, I mean, he was a major part of the start of the Shaq and the Fool stuff and all the, you know, took a lot of heat from, you know, making mistakes and doing things. But this dude has come on and he has served a big time role for the Phoenix Suns. My bench guard is JaVale McGee in just, uh, in just uh, 16 minutes a game. He's averaging 10 points and almost eight rebounds a game in just 16 minutes off the bench. I mean, we love how he, I mean, he's a super active guy. He's a great defender, rim protector, a guy that can run baseline at baseline. Um, and he did an a outstanding job filling in for Aiton when he was out um, and, and playing really well. So my bench god uh, is JaVale McGee. Another guy the Lakers gave up. <laughs> Did you? See, there was a couple weeks ago. Kyle and Joe went through like a list of guys that they've lost in the last three or four years, and it's like, don't you think they could use like I don't know Andre Drummond and Lonzo Ball, and they just went like Kentavious Caldwell Pope, and it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, my bitch, God, I actually was between two players. One playing for Phoenix, uh, but I instead went with a guy that plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And, um, you know, I got to watch him a little bit more in the Olympics 
got to see that he really was kind of a cutthroat player when when push came to shove. And he's filled in nicely for Brooklyn. It's kind of like a spark off the bench when they need instant offense. So his numbers don't pop out, so to speak. But um, he's averaging a career high, almost 12 and a half points a game on 50% from the three-point line, um, just making over three threes a game. And um, he's kind of filled in that, like I said, that scoring role with Kyrie not being there. And that's Patty Mills. Um, he's, uh, he's had a nice little week. He didn't play particularly well against, um, Phoenix the other night, but the three game or the other two games that he had in the week, um, before that, and, um, the last few games that he's had, he's been averaging, uh, let's see, he had 23, 17, 22, 21, 29. Um, he only had nine last night, but, um, 50% from three-point range, and he's shooting them. He's shooting six a game. I mean, he's not quite at the Curry level, but, I mean, chucking up over six a game, that's a lot of threes. And yeah. uh, like I said, he's sitting over almost 3.2 of them, shooting right at 50%. And he's got a chance, uh, if he could get his field goal percentage up, he's shooting in the high 40s right now to go 50-50-90 for the season. I was just about so, to ask. That's my guy, the Australian. Patty Mills. I like him, especially because if you're seeing now, um, this kind of came out on CBS Sports a little bit ago. They were talking about how James Pardon is saying he's trying to figure out when to score and when to be a playmaker still for this team. Um, so having a guy like that can obviously help with that with that you know, transition. Obviously, they went into the year expecting they were going to have Kyrie Irving. We're not going to get into that. Everyone knows mm-hmm. the story at this point. But yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's cool. I, I think all three guys have been a lot of fun that we talked about. So I dig it. Um, something I don't dig. We're going to get into this because we started it last week with Josh and Sean. By the way, happy birthday tomorrow, Sean. We wish you were here. We'll see you next yes, week. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, so we talked last week about this whole John Wall, Houston Rockets scenario with this big contract and all this stuff. And then it comes out earlier this week that apparently Steven Silas is being told he's well, not being told, but there's a lot of discussion that he's on the hot seat with the Rockets from now. And that's just unbelievably fascinating to me, considering that this is a guy who literally got there. You traded James Harden and then you gave him this horrible roster. You started to rebuild, which you knew that, you know, after, after the Harden trade, which I understand you did that. Um, and then, so they're like, you know, he's got to freaking find ways to win, which they played pretty well this week. They got to win against the Bulls. They got to win against the Hornets. Like, kudos. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then we get to that. And then there's reports come out that Woj it says that uh, John Wall and the Rockets spoke earlier in the week. And John Wall expressed the interest in getting put back in the active roster and mm-hmm. being part of the being part of the games and uh, just wanted to play. And it was, you know, it was. I think John Wall's thought process is like, why is anyone going to want to trade for me if I'm not playing? I get it. Like it. Um, and then it comes out today. After the discussion, the Rockets decided to rule that they're going to keep him out of the rotation. Keep And so that leads to John Wall then putting up a Instagram a video of Highlight Reel with the hashtag free me. I already talked about the, how... You got the trade calculator up? Um, I'll tell you, there's one trade they can make for him. It's Russell Westbrook. And that's, that's exactly where I was going with this and it works and he fits the Lakers. 
he fits the Lakers much better. I agree, but I don't think the way the Rockets want to do things that they're going to be taking that contract. Um, and obviously, they don't want anyone other than Jalen Green handling the ball at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of am at this point now where, like, one, if you're a Rockets fan, I think we talked about this a little bit. If you know your team doesn't want to win, um, at least be entertaining, and they're not that. Even mm-hmm. with Jalen Green and Sanguine, um, they're still rough to watch. Um, you know, I don't know what you tell your fan base. This is like, I know that we screwed Steven Silas, but we're going to fire him too. Right. It's obviously a really terrible thing. Um, you're not, you didn't set him up for success. You didn't say like, Hey, we've got these guys groom them and make them work together. You said, we're going to strip this team down and we're just going to acquire draft picks, which I'm so sick of. Um, I know Josh Giddy's making us look pretty bad right now. in OKC, he's playing really well, but <laughs> it's just kind of this whole scenario where like, we're going through this all the time now. Um, you know, I don't understand it. I feel like John Wall is kind of being, you know, like we said last week, held hostage and they made it worse this week. It, they could have made it better. They made it worse. And, you know, cool. You guys want to be in the lottery. You want to be with the top four chance to get the, get the first pick. I get it. But how you're handling stuff is just freaking terrible. Yeah, it's BS, man. It's BS. And, and, and I, I think that um, you guys discussed this last week and, and you know, not to – not to harp on the point, but like you're got you're paying the guy money to play basketball. Like play, play him. I don't I don't care what you think is right or wrong. Play this dude and, and let him earn his check. Why would you just sit him on the bench and, and just give away money? You're giving away money. You you're stuck with the contract. Nobody's gonna want to trade for it. There's not a trade in the NBA that works to take that much money. Let him play, and then and then let him play out his contract, and then and then go your separate ways. But the loser or buy all him this, out or buy him out. Yeah, one of the two, one of the two. But like the loser in all this is Silas. He's the guy. He's the loser in all this. You gave him a crap roster. You're trying to rebuild. You got one of his better players held hostage. You won't bring him back, and now you're going to put him on the hot seat and tell him, "Oh, we may let him go." Like. Like what are you all doing? Like what are you what are you doing? Like we we talked about this um uh, with it with other teams. Like what are you guys doing? Like you're you gave him a crap roster, you're taking one of his better players, you're not playing him. Then on top of that, then you act like you want to try to work something out, then you don't want to work something out. Now he's back at home. Like I don't know, man. Like it, it's just a mess. Like I feel bad for for Silas. I I I actually feel bad for John Wall because he I does do want to play. Like let that guy play. Like what are you what are you what are you gaining? What are you gaining by not having John Wall play? It's not like he's going to bring you forty wins. He's not. You're still right. going to be bad. You're still going to get the draft high, and you're still going to get your lottery pick, even if John Wall plays. So it makes zero sense to hold him hostage. Or buy, uh, hold him hostage. Buy him out. Do whatever you got to do. But don't just sit him on the bench and let him just rot away. Not only that, you're 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 killing his career. You're killing his career. You know what I mean? Every time he's not on the court, like, you're killing his career. Yeah, so, you're lowering his trade value. You're lowering his trade him. value. Yes. You're killing him. So so it makes zero sense in what you're doing. So I, I it, it it's just it's irritating and it's frustrating. I, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. When did um when did the when did um was his, is his name for Tita? When did he buy the Rockets? A couple years ago. Okay. Um, they've been a train wreck ever since that whole. Well, even before. Yeah. And I'll go to this in a second. They've been a train wreck since the whole China incident. You know, a couple years ago, which has cost the NBA tons of money. Obviously, not be able to play those international games and all that, but. I was reading an article about the handling of Akeem Olajuwon's contract back in the 90s. Um, I know this has nothing to do with current Rockets ownership, but it felt like after reading that article, I was like, man, the Rockets have been like ever since handling that, like they've just been a train wreck, like getting Scotty and, and Clyde in there with Barkley and like the whole Maury ball, you know, trying to use the analytics to play back, like, they they have not been right <laughs> since as far as I can remember. And like, they're still not getting it right. And, you know, I don't know what the thought process was and they were like, Hey, we're going to trade Russell Westbrook for John wall um, to set him down and not play him. Like it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. And like we said, the guy can still play. Like he's healthy. Right. He's no finally healthy. John wall's abilities. He's healthy. We know John Wall at his best is the 20 plus point guy a game. Like, what are you really doing? Like, are you scared to give him to somebody in the in the event that that's he's gonna help that team out when you're trying to tank to begin with? Like, I don't it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, and, and then to inform him that you're not even gonna have a chance to compete for a starting position, you're gonna come off the bench. Um, and then then decide, like, oh well, if you don't want to do that, then you're just not gonna play. Like like what? Like I don't know. Like that's just this is frustrating. Like and it's it's irritating to watch. Um, I just feel like you're taking the. I mean, you're not taking his livelihood because he's still making money. But like you said, you're lowering his trade value. You're lowering his worth because people are going to see it. Hopefully, people don't see it as his problem. They see it as the Rockets' problem. But like if like you said, if he's not on the court to show what he can do, who's going to want him? Yeah, he's and, and let's not forget he's thirty one. I mean, I'm not saying that's old, but by by his body standard and, and not playing like like thirty one is not not young. Yeah, so I mean, you traded for him and you brought in Boogie because he wanted Boogie last year. Yeah, and then you like cut Boogie after like twelve games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was pretty disgusted with, and he talked pretty openly how disgusted he was. Uh, with how James Harden was handling things, and then James Harden gets traded, and then Boogie's gone. It's just, yeah, it's just a disaster. Um, I feel bad for any Rockets fans. Um, you guys are a great fan base. You've seen title teams. Josh, I'm glad you brought up Hakeem Olajuwon, because I think people seem to forget before they won those back-to-back titles, he has to be traded. He was like, look, this sucks. Like, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, the, Kenny to Jeff Smith says he's the one to talk to him in this thing, and maybe that's true. Um, but, I doubt it. Yeah. Hey, so, I know this is I know this is kind of it's kind of funny to me, but John Wall it reminds me of um right now and it, I know it's against his will, but you guys ever follow the story of Chase Daniels uh in the NFL like how my cousin. my man's like yeah. No. He, is. he would say the same last no. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, how my man's only he's only had like four or five starts ever in his career and he's made like 40 something million dollars as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Matt Flynn, baby. I mean John, that's how John Wall is right now. Like, but his is more of against his will. Like, he wants to play. Yeah. Like, he wants to be out on the floor. And they're like, nah, bro. 
uh, we're we're good. We're good here. We'll just pay you to sit down and shut up. Yeah, exactly. But whatever, man. Um, you know, it's not. I guess it's not our business. Just, I love John Wall. I want to see John Wall play. Um, and I want to see him in a better situation. I don't think he could go to Brooklyn and pick over for what Kyrie's doing because we we saw that him and James Harden that that didn't work for no like it doesn't fifteen no but they have a rule they have a rule like if you're if you're sitting guys resting them for no reason right like you can get fined for that but you can't get fined for not making a guy play when he's fully healthy like it's almost like right like that right. kind of goes against the, against the rule itself don't it. Yeah. Uh, so hold on, yeah. So here, yeah. So when does the NBA step in? Like, like you have a player that's healthy. One of the one of, and I would say this: he's one of the marquee names in the league still. Like, like you I'm have excited a, for John Wall. I get that, right? Like you he's have got a, a marquee, dance named after him. Yeah, I mean, but you have a marquee guy in the league. He's one of the, one of the top players, and, and you have a franchise holding him hostage. Like, when does when or should the NBA step in? And be like, look, like you've got to do something. Like you can't just not put him on your roster, or you can't not dress him. Like the, I would assume that the NBA has, or the NFL or NFL NBA PA would have something to say about that. Yeah. Plus, you know, his agent Rich Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I would think that somebody would want to step in and be like, okay, why is he? Why is he not even one getting the opportunity to show that he can still play to be traded, or two? Why are you sitting him there, not giving him his opportunity to at least compete for a starting role, or come off the bench, or whatever you want him to do? But yet you just choose to have him not play. When when does the player get protected? Yeah, I'm right there with same, you, man. I mean, it's the same thing they did with Drummond last year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This isn't the first case. It's just the most ridiculous. I would um, agree. Yeah. And then obviously the whole, I guess now they're saying Ben Simmons might have to return to the Sixers because of financial issues with the fines he's getting. And it's like, God, you guys dragged that out way too long. And yeah, that's, that's another one too, though. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't even know where I stand on that one just because I feel like mental health is important. And yes. I feel like, and I feel like, I, I feel like the Sixers, I don't feel like they did a great job of protecting Ben Simmons. It's not, that, it's not like they came to his aid when people were were you know calling him a bum and this like it's not like they defended him, you know. So then you let him go into this deep dark hole where hey, uh, you know it's almost like people were like we hate Ben Simmons in the seventy six. Like well, we can't say that we hate him, but we can't say that we like him either. Like well, you can defend your player and be yeah. like hey, this guy is this that and the other. He means this to our franchise. He's not a bum. I mean, he's he's a four-time All-Star. Like, they didn't do a great job of defending him either. So, I can see where Ben Simmons is coming from because I do feel like the 76ers kind of turned their back on him when 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 everybody else was chirping at him about how he's a bum and he's this and that and the other. It wasn't like the 76ers, like, stepped up and said, nah, man, you're going to leave our guy alone. Like, they were like, eh, well, maybe he is a bum. I don't know. Like, I'm going to be devil's advocate here for a second. And I, and I know this is this could be a, a very interesting take, but has anybody ever like maybe thought that Ben Simmons is crying wolf right now? I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying there's not a a mental health issue going on, but just the way that this whole thing has went, um, you know, they were like, you got to go back 
you know? So he's like, okay, I'm going to go back. And then he gets back and he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And so he says, you know, there, I have some mental health issues going on. So now they're trying to get him help. But then he doesn't want the Sixers to help him. He, he makes the NBA help him. He wants other people to help. Um, and he's getting fined for, for not letting the Sixers help him per se, all the way to the point where now he has to come back to work because he's losing money. Um, if you're the Sixers and you're sitting there and you're saying, yes, I want to do whatever we can do to help him. Um, is there a point where the Sixers are like, look, we've done everything we could. Maybe we didn't handle it right in the beginning, but we're doing everything that we can now and it's not working. Let's just go ahead and trade him and we get whatever we can get for him. Um, apparently not. <laughs> apparently that's not happening. Well, and also too, that's another that's another player that's their his trade value. His I I don't know where his trade value is right now because one he's not playing. So the last image of people have of him is is the guy they saw in the playoffs last year. That's the last image you have of Ben Simmons. So is that the guy you want leading your franchise? I I, I don't know. I mean, is trading him. Is trading him now going to do you any good? Now, I will say this. Finding him isn't doing him any good either. Like, I, I don't – I mean, if the guy says he has mental health issues and can't come back, which, you know, I don't think finding him is the answer. I know you have to – I guess you have to do what's right protocol-wise as the 76ers because, you know, everybody's losing money in the, in the situation. So, Ben Simmons is losing money on the fine. The Sixers are losing – are losing because you don't have a, an all-star out there playing for you. And on top of that, you don't have a replacement because you can't trade f- for somebody to bring in. Like, so everybody's kind of losing. So I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Um, and I don't know if he has any trade value. Cause like I said, the last image people have of him is of him not taking any shots in the fourth quarter of the playoff game and him not playing, you know, not playing his role like he had for the last six or seven years, and and now they see this guy as a as a you know whatever the case may be, what he what he is. So, well, well, how do you all think the Sixers handled Markel Fultz? Not very good either. So, or Joel so, Embiid. So maybe it know. is, a, or maybe it really is an organizational thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, they basically were like, yeah, he has the yips. Yeah. And then there was the whole thing with uh, Colangelo and his burner Twitter accounts. That was that was fun stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, two quick things before we get out of here. Not super big to like super long conversations by any means, but uh, one real quick. Make sure to mention a couple things. One, Demarcus Cousins is back in the NBA, signing a one-year non-guaranteed deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you had told me like 10 years ago, I'm sorry, not 10 years ago. That's too long. If you told me about six years ago that Boogie and Giannis were going to be playing together, I would have thought offensively that team's going to be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously this is a team that's waiting to get Brooke Lopez back still. They're kind of fighting through that. Um, hoping that Boogie can kind of come in and get something going. Welcome to the Central Division, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Like it. I think it'll be okay. You know, I think it'll be fine. I think he'll he'll, he'll serve his role. Yeah, I think he'll be, that's he'll where be, I'm at. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, like I thought he played pretty decent for the Clippers last year when he was when they were using him a little bit. So yeah, I I think he'll he'll do what he needs to do. I mean, he'll hold he'll be able to hold the four down until Brook Lopez steps comes back. I mean he he can still give you ten twelve points a game and six to eight rebounds. I mean I, I don't think that's bad. 
Also, I'm glad the Bulls didn't bring him in. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And looks like it's kind of coming out to be a little bit better news than we had thought. Um, after his injury on Friday night, Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant. Oh. Looks like everything kind of came back a little cleaner than we expected from reports. <sighs> thank goodness. And thank goodness, because the Man. NBA losing yet another young superstar would have just sucked. You, you guys scare me with those text messages. Hey, because man. I had just... I had just got back and I was oh. handling Jr. You know, he had just had surgery on his shoulder, and um, all of a sudden I get this text, and you were like, "John," and you're like, "What? No!" And I'm like, "What? Like, what happened?" Right. And and Tim's like, "Non-contact knee injury." I was like, "That's not good." Yeah. So then I watched Sports Center later on that night, and you know, I, I felt a little bit better after I saw what happened, and then they said he just a sprained knee, and I was like, "Whew." It was yeah. it was a nervous it was a nervous night for me. I'm like, man, come on, man. Like, yeah, like probably yeah. like my favorite player in the league now. Yeah, dude, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I think I, I do. I thank God that it was just a sprain and that he he'll, just like hopefully a couple weeks off and he'll be back to doing incredible things. I want him and Anthony Edwards in a dunk contest, dude. Yes, oh, that would be sick. My yeah. lord, that'd be sick. Yeah, oh, mm. and, and both uh, bridges. And both bridges. Yeah, sign me up yep. for that, man. I'm all in. I'm in. One last thing for news as we're kind of getting here. Um, another thing that we're so sick of discussing, but we just got to touch on it. Zion Williamson fully cleared for five on five. What the anticipation he'll be back in the, in the New Orleans Pelicans roster soon. Um, hopefully he got a chef. Yeah, they need yeah. to restrict the Oreos. Yeah. yeah. Hope the, I, I just want that guy to be in, you know, I want that guy to figure out being in shape. I want him to have excellent cardio. I want to see what Zion Williamson can be at his best because we've seen the talent. We know it's there. Mm-hmm. So I just hope we kind of get that as well. Um, and lastly, honorable bench God, thanks for helping me win money, Malik Monk. You're the <laughs> yes. You came, out, you came out of that. You came out of that Patriots game. All right, Tim. You did. Honorable I did. mention. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly never bet before hit on all, all things on the game, same game i was parlay. looking at the slips like man yeah you did well <laughs> yeah. you did well my friend you did well yeah we're uh taylor and i might be the at-large big crew we might be going up there again in a couple weeks for the crossroads classic because it's the last one um get that man i'm taking you to vegas yeah <laughs> Notre Dame's playing indiana and um butler's playing purdue oh wow that'd be good so yeah purdue's probably gonna go to the final four they're being i was gonna say produce pretty good aren't they yeah so we're right might go up there and you know cast a couple bets and see how we do there see if my luck continues but um that's neither here nor there we'll talk about that that this week on at large bid as well as feast week recaps and uh the classic duke and zega game we saw friday night so we'll kind of get into all that this week also check out shot callers joe and kyle did a great job this last week had a really fun episode um kind of glad to see them back and doing their thing um, so we will be killing it as always. And real quick, one last thing. I know I keep saying one last thing, but more things pop in my head as we're rolling out. Got to give a shout out to our new production team. Obviously, we have Parker killing it, covering Northern Kentucky for us. But shout out to our guy, Chris McNeil. Yes, who sir. tagged along with me yesterday for the UC Bearcats Monmouth game. Had some excellent production skills. Really excited to have him on the team. Welcome to the family. We're excited to have you guys. Thanks for everything. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. It's holiday hey, time. Listen, we're happy. Dude. Yes, sir. And if you don't know, a hey, forty-eight minutes is coming, baby. We got a hey, we got interns, we got guys doing production. Y'all don't even know. I'm telling you, we're back, baby. Yes, sir. All right. Have a good night, everyone.